Hello, and welcome to The Church's Radical Reform, the podcast series exploring the unprecedented reform process going on inside the Catholic Church. In this episode, I'm looking at what has been happening in Germany. When talking about the German synodal process recently, Pope Francis joked that in Germany, there is already a very good evangelical Protestant church, and that there doesn't need to be a second one. It was, of course, in Germany more than 500 years ago that Martin Luther lit the touch paper that set off the Reformation, something that would change Christianity forever. Could we be seeing something similar happen today? To find out more, I spoke to Lucas Nusser, a 21-year-old student who is one of the youngest members of the German Synodal Path. Why is the German Synodal Path so important, do you think, for the future of Catholicism in Germany? Well, I think the Catholic Church in Germany had some kind of a a deep conflict with its community in Germany. The bishop themselves started a study looking at the system of the Catholic Church in Germany, and they found risk factors for abuse, such as intransparency, concentration of power, absolutism, but also homophobia or a kind of network that's only connected through men. And I think they found out themselves, the bishops found out themselves that um, they couldn't go on any further with that kind of system with, with actually supports the possibility of abuse in, in our church. And I think as a young Catholic, especially, I want to have a, a church where people can feel safe, where people can feel welcomed and do not have to fear any any misuse of power. There are some people in the church, though, who are very critical of the focus on power. What do you say to them? Well, I think our church is built all on power. It's all about uh, having power concentrated in only a few people, um, most of them are priests or bishops, so you can't deny that there's any power in our church. And as long as there is power, you should talk about power and how it's divided, and maybe if checks and balances are put in place. So when I think about the discussions in our panel, we're thinking about how power is set into our church and can be used as the Bible recommends us to do. So we're thinking about how our church can use power in, in the future, differently than how it's used now. You, you mentioned the use of power as set out in the Bible. What, what do you mean by that? I do not remember any time where, where Jesus told us to concentrate power in in only a few people or just do not question people who have power and i think uh, we can also do these things that he did back then today and why shouldn't we when speaking to lucas i was struck by how he sees reforms as both urgent and necessary the criticisms of the german synod don't really match up to what young catholics like him are saying 
And while the bishops in Germany have been accused of being too progressive, Lucas suggests they need to be bolder. How have you found the synodal path? Has the experience changed your perception of the church? Well, you have to keep in mind when thinking about the synodal path in Germany that the bishops were the ones who asked the lay people to participate. It was their initiative to ask us to to come together and talk about the problems we're, we're facing with the Catholic Church in Germany. And since then, it's kind of an up and down. In the beginning, I was surprised that they were kind of asking for help in these topics. And then I noticed that most of the work in the, in the assembly is done from lay people. And most bishops are silent. I mean, there's a live stream. It's even translated in English. So if you want to follow the assembly online, you can. And you will notice that there are mostly lay people talking most of the time. And bishops who are silent, trying to listen. But I think that's not how an assembly should work. And I think that's not how you're going to find solutions as, a, as an entire assembly. I mean, it's hard to find common ground if you don't know what the other person thinking. And um, I have a, a mixed feeling about the assembly. Sometimes I feel like we're afraid of, of discussing things. And sometimes we're afraid of maybe failing or not be able to find a solution. But I think that's also part of the process. But do you think it's offered a space for discernment and, and for listening and for being able to yeah, discern the will of the Holy Spirit? Well, I think there are places to listen and there's a lot of possibilities to listen. I think there's a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of things we're doing, we're doing from our hearts and we're doing because we deeply believe in God. But I think only listening won't change anything. I mean, the Holy Spirit itself is not going to change everything by itself. We're also needed to, to take action and to, to participate. And I think that's the thing I'm criticizing about the assembly, that maybe there's only part of the assembly who's actually participating in the discussions. So do you think there's a bit of a disconnect between the bishops who were, who were listening, and obviously they are the ones who can make the decisions at the end. So there's a disconnect yeah. between them and perhaps the, the lay people who are speaking a lot. Yeah, I think I think there's a disconnect. And I also think there's a disconnect in, in, in the way the, the assembly should work. I mean, they asked us to, to participate, um, and now they're the ones who are waiting for, they're kind of waiting for answers to come or answers we're bringing them but i mean that's i think that's not how how a church is supposed to work i mean um if they're the ones who need to vote on it and they're the ones who are the ones who have to to ratify the things and uh, get them into order because the little path doesn't have any justification rights itself um they also need to to do their things they introduce to get somewhere. All of this is important, but I wonder if the German synodal path has a tendency to become too inward looking, 
and overly focused on internal matters. Is that wise at a time when the church is struggling to get its message out to the world? Some people might say, well, why are you having a synodal path? Why don't you get out there and preach the gospel? I mean, how are we supposed to preach the gospel if we're not living according to the gospel? What do you say to those bishops from outside of Germany who are being very critical of the German synodal pathway? I know you've talked about this tension between bishops in the synodal assembly and the lay people, but what about those bishops outside of Germany who are really criticizing the German hierarchy for even having this synodal path? There have been several reforms coming from Germany who've changed the church forever. And I do not think that that's anything like the synodal path is today. Like another reformation, basically. No, no, we're not trying to reform, to have a second reformation or anything like that. We're only trying to, to work on certain topics um, that that are risk factors for abuse. I know I'm repeating myself, but that's the only thing we're trying to do. And I don't know how you can criticize someone for working on risk factors for, abu for abuse and how you wanna kind of, I'm, I'm feeling like they, they wanna forbid us to talk about these things, but I don't think you can forbid the debate about it. And I think we should be able to talk about these things in Germany. And most of the time, I do not understand what the people or what the bishops from outside are, are pointing out. They perhaps haven't understood what the process is all about. Yeah, I think they only uh, read certain, certain headlines from newspapers and some things. And yes, we, we decided on, on critical things about uh, queer people. We're deciding on lay people being able to vote on their bishops. We're talking about women being allowed to preach in the Holy Mass, but that are only certain things we're, we're changing. And if you look at and the bigger picture, I think you can understand why we're doing this. and. You mentioned about LGBT Catholics. How important is that issue to you and other young Catholics that the church is a place where everyone feels welcome regardless of their sexual orientation, gender? I think that's there are two different types of questions. First of all, I think it's crucial to the church to welcome everyone and to to not discriminate anybody based on their sexual orientation or their gender or anything like that. I mean, that's Jesus' message. At least I think that. And on the other hand, looking at young people and how important these topics are to them, I think many young people don't even understand the argument we're having about that. And if we want to connect to the people, and if we want to um, get the people to, to believe in God and get part of our community, we have to speak their language and we have to be with them and um, try to understand them. When, when looking at the synodal path, 
And there are a lot of people asking for, um, for understanding in the ways our church is working and um, understanding for, for the time it needs for bishops to change their mind. And on the other hand, I'm mostly thinking, well, I have a lot of understanding for this church and I have a lot of understanding for the process, but if you would have as much understanding as I have for you, for the way of my life and my reality, we would be a lot further than we're now. Would you say the same thing for the role of, of women in the church, allowing women to preach? Yeah, I mean, that would be the same argument I'm just make, making. We're talking about the church in Germany, and I do not have any good reasons to say why women are, shouldn't be allowed to preach or, um, or some kind, something like that. And can you tell me a bit about how you got into the synodal pathway, how you got involved in it? Well, I was engaged in our uh, church's youth group back then in 2019. And then they decided that there are places for 15 people under the age of 30. So I decided to apply when I was a leader in our church youth group on like the, the state level. And I got lucky uh, to be one of the, the 15 young people in the synodal path. What would you say to young people who look at the church and think, I'm not sure that's for me? I think I would, I would try to, to look at our message well, that we have, to love your neighbor, but I think I would come to an end and be, when being able to explain things when we're looking at the system. And do you have hope for the, for the future of the, of the church through this synodal path? I do have hope. Otherwise, I wouldn't be participating in the synodal path, I think. I still have hope. And sometimes the synodal path gives, gives me more hope. I wanted to hear from one of the bishops involved in the process. So I spoke with Bishop Franz Joseph Overbeck, the leader of the Diocese of Essen, home to almost 900,000 Catholics in the Ruhr region. I was interested to hear about how the experience of the Synodal Path had impacted him so far. What has the Synodale Weg, the Synod process in Germany, been like to, to experience? Has anything surprised you? Well, I was surprised by the many, many, many people who has and had and has interest in how is the church going on in front of this real fundamental crisis we are living. It's not only a crisis of faith, it's also a crisis of structures, and this is a crisis of living within a very big church, so-called world church, you know with questions which are very, very different regarding to the questions we are going on with. And the second is the interest of the other world parts who are asking us, what are you going to do? 
On the one hand, there are those who won't accept our questions. <laughs> On the other hand, there are those who are quite happy that almost um, the, the, the forces of the, German, the church in Germany is so big that they are able to formulate them. I think what Pope Francis is hoping is that the synod process will actually change people's views and hearts and minds. Have you seen that happening in, in the German process? Yes, we we do that. Uh, seeing many people uh, being very very sensitive of the developments uh, of young people regarding church and looking on the way of faith they want to change with us or not. The second is the elderly. They are asking what's going on with the church in our future, looking and seeing that the ways we have had experience in the last 10, 20, 30 years won't be the paths of the next years. And third, it has been also an, and is an experience of praying together. We are doing that always when we are gathering together uh, in the little groups, working groups, and also in our uh, big uh, synod assembly. Uh, so this, this experience is, um, is a kind of, of signal, of signal of the presence of God within us, staying together as bishops, as lies, as um, people of the orders and so on. We are about 230 staying together as a kind of representation of the whole church who, who is living in Germany. There are some people who, who are saying that the German church is, is trying to go it alone and make decisions that really only the universal church can, can make decisions about. What's your response to that? Well, my response is firstly, uh, that's not true. We are not going a part of the universal church, but we try to find a way within our special culture. The culture of the Catholic Church in Germany is um, very influenced by the um, churches of the Reformation, but it's influenced by the culture of the non-believers, because within the unification of our country, actually about 60% or more than 50-55 of the Germans are Christian. Then we have more than 40% of non-believers, non-baptized, and non-living any kind of religion. This is a new situation also, uh, also for us. So what you're saying is that you know, Germany is, is no longer a, quote, Christian country. And as a result, the church has to respond to that. Yes, it's really true, and, uh, but this mentality is not only the mentality of those who are believers in, in, in faith, in Christian faith, but it's on, always a part of ourselves, you know. We are believers and non-believers at the same time, looking on all the experiences we have made, for example, with this terrible scandal of abuse. How can a believer abuse young people? How can a priest abuse uh, innocent people? It's quite terrible to recognize this fact for more than many, many years without an answer of the church. So, so it's not a question of the church just making a few changes here and there. There has to be a, a deep reform. Yes, and this is not only a reform of the church in Germany. I get the impression more and more that this is a kind of 
um, reform of all churches um, uh, who are living in this postmodern world. Yes. Uh, and the problem also is that we are not living in, in, the, in a pure world of one culture or another culture. It's always a mixture. And also we have in Germany quite a mixture of these cultures, but the, the main culture is this kind of postmodern world living in us. Do you think that the Synod process will eventually open up more freedom for, say, churches in Germany to respond to questions that they need to respond to, and let's say churches in other cultures to respond to the questions they're facing? So more diversity in the, in the church. One of the big questions of the Catholic Church, also as mystery of faith, um, is how to live unity. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of unity is the preferred uh, kind we have to live? Is it a uniform kind? I, I'm very sure that, is, that that isn't possible. Looking on the diversity of cultures in which uh, Catholic people are living, from Germany to the USA, from uh, Africa to Asia, and also to Australia and to and to to Latin America, Latina. And this means for us um, to have a big, big task in front of us, uh, not only to manage that, but to get in this kind of new culture and, and, and looking for those parts of our face which we have to share with everybody and uh, in each country. And then those parts who can be different, different answers on the questions um, this special country is formulating for us. What do you think of these uh, criticisms that are being made against the German synodal path by bishops outside of Germany? This is kind of unprecedented. Well, I, I got the impression first, thank you very much because of your interest. <laughs> it's all the time quite a well sign of uh, good work that anybody is uh, uh, going to interest himself herself in that themes we are trying to to answer and to to and also to formulate firstly the second question is um, the style of uh, making questions and the style of formulating kinds of very of critical points and i think uh, looking to all these questions from around the world coming to us and we have to learn a lot also in germany but also the other countries there has been some tension between Rome and the German Synod, and in 2021, the Vatican's Doctrine Office issued a ban on churches offering blessings to same-sex couples. It was widely seen as targeting the German Church and the proposal in the Synodal Path to offer those blessings. What was the reaction in Germany to the Vatican's ban on same-sex blessings? Well, many, many people were very disappointed and uh, looks on that very critically because they, they are seeing that some, some of those partnerships uh, aren't very well, others are very honest. The biggest question is how to combine that with our tradition of uh, looking on sexuality and living together as men and women. And maybe this is one of the biggest themes we have to, to trade with in the next years. What about uh, Pope Francis's view on the, on the German Synod? Some people want him to, to take some kind of action against it. What is your understanding of how the Pope is seeing the Synod? Well, he has written um, a very impressive letter to us nearly three years ago, in which he has um, 
pointed on the unity of church, but also on our responsibility as local church to look on those paths and ways in with which, which we can renew the face in our country. And on the other hand, for him, it's always very important to stay together in a spiritual unity. And this is also one of the themes uh, on which he has written us three years ago. What is going on with the Germans in, in the whole of our Catholic Church? This is also, I think, a very important question for him as a successor of St. Peter. Because what is being discussed in Germany is having a big impact globally. It, it can't just be a question only for Germany. Yes, this is a, not only a problem, it's also a chance. You know, every kind of uh, evolution has to begin on one point. And I think these kind of questions are not only technical ones, so power, um, sexuality, the state of women in church, and also the priesthood. But we are seeing that our questions are not only the questions of the church in Germany, but also in, on other, in other countries. For example, what's going on with priesthood in countries without vocations, not only Germany, who are a country with less vocation than many, many years. And also looking to the development on the, of the role of the woman, looking on to Africa and America Latina, what's going on there. It's a quite different evolution regarding to the past. And so it would be better that we uh, would be able to together us with our question than to separate us. What is your hope for uh, the church of the future? What kind of church do you want to see? And what do you hope that this synod can bring? Well, I'm hoping that we are going to the next step. Every time you have to do it when you are on the way through history. And that means for our Catholic Church to develop into a more synodal one, to develop in a more spiritual one, and to develop in a more sensitive one regarding the developments of cultures in the different countries in which we are living our faith. Can you confirm as well that the German Synod is not trying to bring about a schism? Of course, never, never. <laughs> Bishop Franz Joseph, thank you very much for speaking to me and we hope to uh, follow the developments of the, in Germany very closely. Yes, thank you very much for your interest and thank you very much for having me. Next time, I'm going to be talking to some of the Synod skeptics, those who are not really sure about the Synod, and what it can achieve. After all, the whole purpose of the Synod process is to listen to differing viewpoints. Thank you for listening to the Church's Radical Reform podcast, which is supported by the Centre for Catholic Studies in Durham in partnership with The Tablet.